The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Will the health services for the rest of this year and next year have enough money? The budget last week said 22.5 billion euro will be spent on health next year but the boss of the HSE says it simply won't be enough, particularly when there wasn't enough money set aside for this year to start with. We have two guests with us in a moment. We'll talk to Tony O'Brien the former Director General of the HSE but first Dr Brian Turner Health Economist at UCC The head of the HSE Bernard Gloucester says a shortfall of 2.5 billion this year and next. How could that happen Brian? Well, I think there are a number of issues that are kind of leading to the HSE spending being higher than than had been predicted. So um, the first is that our population has been growing faster than was expected. So the, um, the, when Solange Care was published back in 2017, around the same time, there was a, a health service capacity review undertaken and they kind of came up with projections of uh, what was going to be needed to cater for demand. Now, those demand projections were on the basis of the population projections up to 2026, which we exceeded before the end of last year. So the population is growing a lot faster than, than, than we anticipated. If you combine that then with the other major factor, increasing costs, which is just the the general level of medical inflation. So each year, new drugs come on stream, new medical devices, new surgical procedures, and they're, they're more effective than what went before, but almost inevitably they're also more expensive. So just to stand still, you need to, to increase the budget by a certain proportion each year, just to, to, to stand still. That's without any expansion of services or, or anything like that. Um, and essentially what we're seeing in the, the budget uh, allocation for next year is not really even enough to, 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 to account for that demographic change and the, the medical inflation, let alone any uh, increase in, in services. But what's the point of that, though? Because there's a saying in accountancy and management, which may seem like boring uh, professions to borrow from, but if a budget isn't realistic, then what's the point of having the budget? Absolutely, and I suppose coming from the profession of economics, I, 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 I uh, certainly wouldn't uh, dismiss anything coming from accountancy. Um, but you're right. I mean, I suppose what we've seen over a long period of time at this stage is every year the health budget overruns. Now, I suppose it's it's the nature of the beast to a certain extent in that the HSE will go looking for a certain budget that will, again, almost inevitably be kind of negotiated down during the, the, the budgetary uh, negotiations. And I suppose I can see the, 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 the perspective of both sides. So I can see the, 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 the Minister for Health's perspective and also uh, the Minister for Finance and Minister for Public Expenditure or Farms' perspectives. They're trying to spread the budget as, as best they can, uh, but health needs uh, an increased budget every year. Now, I suppose one of the issues there is that health unlike or, or perhaps to a greater extent than some other areas of government expenditure, is very much demand-led. So it's it's very hard to predict what the, the demand is going to be. And of course, in recent years, we've seen a pandemic, uh, which which led to increased expenditure on, on a kind of a, 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 an unexpected basis. But now we're seeing the, the kind of the longer term implications of that. So during the course of the pandemic, a lot of people put off seeking care and they're now seeking that care, but in some cases at a more advanced stage of illness, which again is going to mean more intensive treatment and therefore higher costs. So that's another uh, factor kind of uh, coming into to play at the moment as well. 
Let's bring in Tony O'Brien, former Director General of the HSC. Tony, you've been through this whole experience of putting together budgets when you were running the HSC. Is it the case that maybe the Department of Finance and Department of Public Expenditure and Department of Health all look at the demands coming in and reckon, well, if we gave them every bit of money they want, they'll only go and spend it. So we better give them a lower amount and try and force them to spend less. There's always a bit of that, and provided it's done proportionately, you can understand that game. But what's happened in the current year and in the year ahead is completely out of proportion to have a situation in which the HSE looks to be underfunded by two to two and a half billion in 2024 is completely outside of of normal parameters. It's a completely untenable gap in the cost of what it runs. And it all comes down to what Brian has been describing there, the existing level of service. Now, it's possible to calculate the cost of continuing to do what you've done before by reference to the various cost pressures that exist that exist in society and it's simply the case that this year the current year and next year that the hsc has been massively underfunded in relation to those two items and and something's got to give um and you know it's it's a bit like some kind of voodoo economics that we have here everybody knows that on the basis of this year's budget settlement either you've got to take two billion out of next year's health expenditure or you're going to run a massive deficit the first thing is unachievable therefore the second thing is inevitable so who are we trying to kid really it's just nonsense Okay, so we're in a situation at present, aren't we, where it seems that there's going to be an enormous hole in the finances by year end. And the government is going to have to come up with money to fill the gap. And there's been all sorts of estimates that it could be about a billion, it could be a billion and a half. Some people are even saying two billion. And yet in setting the budget for next year, has that been taken into account? No, they've disregarded it effectively. Um, So uh, sometimes, oftentimes, in fact, the normal thing is if you, if you accept that the figure was wrong in year one and you have to supplement it, you realise that that's your opening position for the year two, that it's not going to cost less the next year, it's going to cost more. So you make that supplementary funding, which comes at the end of the year, or most of it recurring. At the moment, that hasn't happened, but it's not yet too late for the government to decide to do that. The supplementary estimates, as they're called, haven't been brought forward yet. So one way they could limit the damage that appears to be being done is to take a decision now that this year's supplementary funding, which in cash terms has got to be at least 1.1 billion, um, that that becomes a recurring thing and therefore it reappears in next year's budget. That takes account of one big chunk of the problem that exists. But they then have to address the problem that they haven't allowed enough money for the carrying forward of the existing cost of services into next year. That's probably about 1.2 billion. It's been funded at just over 700 million, so straight away, you've got another half a billion gap that needs to be addressed. Okay, but we have, although we have a growing population, Tony, and it is an ageing population, it's still younger than other European countries. So why is it that our spend looks to be higher than in those other countries, or is it? It's not higher. If you, if you, I mean, the true spend is what you spend per head of population, per capita. And if you use that measure, we're in 11th position in Western Europe. So that means 10 of the countries we'd like to compare ourselves to, you know, your Germany's, your Belgium's, etc., Austria, they all spend significantly more than we do. Now, it's one of these things that's spread about all the time that we're one of the biggest spenders. And if you use some esoteric ways of, cal- of comparing, you, 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 can, you can prove that. But the, when it comes down to actual money, we're not. We're, we're 11 out of 15. 
And when you look at the other countries, while every health system is challenged, they tend to have the right number of beds for their population. They tend to have the right number of doctors for their population. And we don't. And there's a simple reason. We don't spend enough. Okay, so we're very far off in the amount of beds and medical personnel. So how is a recruitment freeze going to solve that? It's not. The recruitment freeze is an inevitable consequence of Budget Day. There are some areas where the HSE has exceeded the agreed number of people it should have in different categories of posts. That happens from time to time, and short-term recruitment freezes can sometimes be used to bring that back. But right now, many of the plans that were in place to improve the health service next year in some of these important clinical programs in cancer, stroke, pre-hospital care, and so on, we're in the process of recruiting additional people to improve the quality of care that they can provide, and that's all going to have to stop. In addition, not a single euro has been provided in next year's budget for new medications, not a single euro. And that means that people in Ireland will be far behind their European counterparts when it comes to getting access to the benefits of new innovation in medicines. And we know what an important contribution that makes both to quality of life and the saving of lives and always has and always will do. But if if people in Ireland aren't given access to that, except through the small area of recycle savings, uh, we're gonna fall far behind. And as I say, Imagine that, not a single euro for new medications next year. Well, Dr. Brian Turner, as a health economist with UCC, how much of the budget is spent on medicine and drugs? And is there a perception that we're maybe not getting the best value for money from what we do spend before we start spending more? Uh, off the top of my head, I think it's about a third of the budget is spent on, on drugs, but I, I, I need to check the figures, but it's, it's certainly quite a significant amount anyway. It's, it's, I think it's the spending on drugs is the largest amount of spending uh, outside of, of um, inpatient and outpatient treatment. So it's the third major category of, of health spending in, in Ireland. Now, in terms of value for money, uh, certainly, that that argument has been brought forward that we're you know, we're, we're paying more uh, for for some drugs than other European countries. Now we've tried to benchmark ourselves uh, and tried to kind of enter into um, negotiated prices with you know, along with other countries. So um, there have been some steps in, in, involved in in that. But uh, I mean, certainly, you know, we're, we're not going to be spending any less on on drugs uh, going forward than we have been uh, up to now. So uh, I think it is it is something that, as, as Tony said, I mean, you know. New drugs are coming on stream all the time, but they're inevitably more expensive than what they're replacing, albeit they're more effective. So the, you know, it, the, the cost effectiveness has been tested and they've, they've been found to be cost effective, but that, that also, you know, they're, they're more effective. They're, the increase in effectiveness is greater than the increase in cost, but there is an increase in cost nonetheless. Thank you very much, Dr. Brian Turner, Health Economist with UCC, Tony O'Brien, former Director General of HSE. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today FM.